Hi, I'm Adira. And I'm Miriam Sima. Thanks for joining us today on Torah Time. We love learning together and we're so excited to learn with you. did Moshe watch two movies at the same time? I don't know. How? He had two tablets. <laughs> That's so funny. Let's learn about the Aron today, where Moshe was told to put those tablets in Parsha Truma. In this Parsha, Hashem tells Moshe how to build the Mishkan. While B'nai Israel were traveling in the desert, the Mishkan was where they connected with Hashem. It was a place where they could give sacrifices and pray. The Mishkan had a lot of amazing things inside. There was a small golden Mizbeach altar for spices. There was a golden table with 12 loaves of fresh bread in two big stacks. There was a huge golden menorah. And there was also a beautiful golden ark, the Aron. Inside the Aron were the Luchot that Moshe got on Har Sinai, the tablets with the Ten Commandments. Let's listen to what the Torah says about the Aron in our Parsha. This week, we have a special guest joining us. Adira's brother, Chemi, is celebrating his bar mitzvah this weekend, so he is going to lane for us today. We're going to hear the words of the Torah now, just like you can hear them in shul. It's okay if you don't understand the words. Just close your eyes and listen, unless you're pet-sitting your friend's pet tarantula. In that case, keep it in your line of sight. So here's what we read. God told Moshe, Make one kruv, a cherub, at one end, and the other kruv at the other end. You should make the kruvim at the two ends out of one piece, together with the lid. The kruvim shall have their wings spread out above, covering the lid with their wings. Their faces should be toward each other. Their faces should be turned toward the cover. Their faces should be toward each other and the cover? What? Right. That's a good question. Like, what did it actually look like in there? Like, I've seen pictures, but they're not actual pictures. So do you think maybe they were facing each other, but like in front of the cover? What I learned in school is that they were on the cover. Right. So how could their faces be facing each other and the cover if they're actually on top of the cover? Like, if they were not on the cover and they were like, on either side of the cover, then they'd be facing each other on the cover. But, or maybe, like, like did say their heads had to be facing? Their faces. Oh, because if they didn't have to be, then it could be that their body was facing one way and their heads were facing. Oh, that's interesting. But their faces had to be facing it, so. Right. It does use the word face a lot, right? Faces have to be facing. <laughs> faces have to be facing each other. <laughs> Why do you think they have to face each other and the parochet? Or even why do you think they had to be facing each other? Well, this might be like the Midrash, but what I learned in school is that they turn away whenever the Jews are sinning. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
I think that might be a midrash. Yeah, I think there's a midrash that they were only turning towards each other when B'nai Israel were acting appropriately. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then when they started sinning. They faced the cover. Oh, interesting. What do you think the cover represents? Well, if what we're saying is true, and they look at the cover, when the Jewish people are sinning, then it probably represents something not so good. Hmm. Like it's hiding something or something. Oh, Because it's like hiding the arrows. It's like represents like the Jews hiding their true inner goodness. Oh, that's so interesting. I never thought about that. One thing I was thinking about was maybe the parochet represents Hashem. The parochet represents Hashem. I think the reason I was thinking that was that if they're facing each other, especially if we bring that midrash in and that's about B'nai Israel sort of being nice to each other, then like, they're kind of representing B'nai Israel on some level. Like, they, like they, they're looking to each other for guidance and stuff. So another good thing I had on that is like, I noticed that it says, Ufnehem ish el achiv, right? Like it means they're facing each other, but. Achiv, but yeah. they're like brother. Yeah. I feel like that might be where the Midrash got it from. Mm, mm-hmm. That when you think of sibling, you kind of think of, Ava Israel and like B'nai Israel being in a sibling-like relationship with each other. So why do you think it might have been important for them to face both each other and the lid? Like what's inside the Aaron? Tablets. So then their, like, their body would be turned down. Like when I would be looking at the tablet and the other person, their head would turn so that they're always looking down. But sometimes they're looking away from each other and sometimes looking toward each other. Are you ready to do a little more? We're going to bring back Chemi, our guest laner. Close your eyes again and listen to the sounds and words of the Torah. Divarti itcha malaka boras. Mi bench ne kuvim, a sherlaron haidus, as kol a sher at a ver, Thank you so much, Remy, and Mazal Tov on your bar mitzvah. So here's what we read Place the lid on top of the aron, and inside the aron, place the testimony, the luchot, that I will give you. That is where I will meet with you, and I will speak to you from above the lid, from between the two kruvim that are on top of the aron of the testimony, all that I will command you concerning the Israelite people. Okay, so what do you notice about those psukim, Adira? It says to put the lid on and then put the tablets in. What? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) That's a really good question. How do you think the aron was... Facing. Like, do you think it was like a Torah arc where it was like the doors were in front? Or do you think it was more like a chest? I always imagine it as a chest. So I think you pointed out something very bizarre, right? How do they put the lid on the chest and then put the luchot inside? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm also noticing that the luchot are called a dut testimony here. 
Why do you think that is? What do you think the Torah is testifying about? It could be everything that's like written inside the Torah or maybe just the rules. Yeah. What do you think the rules would be testifying about? Like why testimony? Like if you think of testimony as like, they're like telling the world something. They're telling the world how to behave. Mm. Basically. Mm -hmm. So here's my question. What does Kruvim mean? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that they're like angels. Yeah, that's what I learned in school. Why do you think there's angels on the Aram? Well, all the things that we said earlier. You know, we talked a whole bunch about them. But we never really spoke about why they're angels. Why they're angels, not just people. Yeah. Well, I guess it's like saying like, you know how when Moshe got the Torah, the angels well, like, who is this guy? Like, yeah. But it, that's basically saying that, like, angels and humans are basically equal. This is saying that angels and humans are equal. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I love that you brought in that midrash about Moshe getting the Torah and the angels wanting to guard the Torah from humans. Like, what that made me think about is if the angels here are guarding the Torah. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might be. And like then if when they're looking away from each other, it's because maybe they, maybe they're upset that we're not keeping the Torah. Yeah, that we're not acting appropriately. We're being chutzpahdik. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question what the not acting appropriately means, because I'm not sure if chutzpahdik is necessarily such a problem, but... Maybe just not being nice to each other. Yeah, not following the one main rule of the Torah, Abba Israel. Now, like the rest is commentary. Right, like you should love your neighbor as yourself. The rest is commentary. Like there are two main rules of the Torah: serve Hashem and love your neighbor as yourself. The rest is just putting it into detail. And so maybe you're saying that with the Kruvim and the Aaron, we're actually seeing both of those rules, right? Because yeah. these are found like in the base of Megdash, like in the Mishkan, like the place where we serve Hashem. But that Midrash bringing in the thing about acting appropriately towards each other brings in the second <gasps> also. Maybe they face away from each other because they're like, I knew we shouldn't have given these people this Torah. They're not keeping it right. Mm -hmm. I like that. So the last thing I noticed about these psukim is that they tell us that God's going to meet Moshe. Between them. Yeah, right. One thing that strikes me about this image is that if they're looking at each other and Hashem is like appearing before Moshe, like in the middle of them. They're looking at Hashem. Guards to a king. They're guarding the king in his throne room. Mm. And somebody's coming before the king and talking to the king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Nice. We talked about some really big ideas today, Adira, and we can talk about it more with our family over Shabbat. What do you think we should ask everyone at our Shabbat table? How they think the Kruvim were facing. Right, we could ask them why they think the Kruvim were facing the way that they were. Or like what angle their bodies were at, their heads were at. Great. 
How about you listening at home? Did you hear something today that you'd like to talk about more with your family? Maybe you could try having your family describe where the crew beam were. Thank you so much for being part of our Torah time. Join us next week for Parshat Tetzavah. Until next Torah time! time.